the deepest secrets of the Godhead in the fellowship of the Father and the Son by the Holy Spirit were to be shown in the family. You have no greater picture of God than the family itself and the person that God has put in charge of that family here on earth are the fathers. You're listening to the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry, the show that exists to transform Castleberry by displaying the love of Christ, where we talk about the gospel in everyday language for everyday life. And now, here are your hosts, Matt West and Travis Benefield. Yes, this is the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry. I'm Matt West. I'm here with Pastor Travis. And good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church of Castleberry. It's Father's Day today. We're recording this Sunday morning bright and early. <laughs> yeah, we know Father's Day is just a few days away. You know, you've just passed it. And we're going to start here a series of podcasts that will be more timely. Thomas Paine famously said, these are the times that try men's soul. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will fade away and all that, knowing that there are things that are timely. And so the first of these is going to be Father's Day, and we celebrate Father's Day. The best analogy that we can have is God calls himself our Heavenly Father. And so that is a large standard to measure up to, (laughs) which we all fall short of, I know. But I know you're a father. I am a father. I had a father. I was blessed in that I had the world's best father. I know people will fight him for that title, but, you know, you're not going to win that argument with me. But uh, I know Father's Day is tough for some people. It's a tough holiday because they didn't have fathers in their lives. Either they didn't have a father who, when they were growing up, or they don't have a husband who is being a father to their children the way that he should be. Or We have a lot of bad fathers. And that's unfortunate. But one of the things I will tell you is from Matthew 11, Matthew writes, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is talking about how we can rely on God when we are struggling because we've had bad fathers around us in our lives. Right. Well, you know, uh, bad fathers, they come in droves, unfortunately. A lot of of people are doing without their dads. I I know I I did. As growing up, my father left when I was very young. And uh, that was something I always hungered for was a father figure. And fortunately, my, my uncle was able to step into that position. He wasn't my father, but he was someone I always came to when I needed things. And whenever we started this podcast, you you, you said something about your dad being the best dad in the That's whole true. world. Yeah, and, and arguments and, over, arguments <laughs> over with. Uh, you know, I, I never got to meet your father, but just from what I heard from your family, from you, he was an awesome guy. And it kind of reminded me of the scripture in Proverbs twenty-seven. It says, "The just man walketh in integrity; his children are blessed." after him. 
Wow. You know, and, and you know what? I think you guys are blessed in many ways with uh, different kinds of things. And, and it goes back, I believe it goes back to giving credit to a father that walked in integrity. And that's what's so important for us to know about fathers today. If they walk in integrity, if they walk according to God's way, uh, man, our children are blessed. And, uh, you know, that's what I hunger for. You know, like I said, I didn't have a father. Yeah. I didn't grow up with a dad. And I won't tell you, I did some crazy things to get a dad. I, this is a story from the Benefield's uh, suitcase here. but Oh, boy. I, I used to stand on the, the railroad tracks out back and wave at the engineer when they would come by. And if they ever stopped, they'd always give me flares. And I'd go up and I'd start talking to them that worked on it. And the first thing I'd ask them all the time, are you married? Oh, yeah. And if they said they weren't married, i said, say, you know, you were to meet my mother. Oh, wow. I was always trying to set her up because I, I wanted a dad. And it was important to me to have a father. Yes, we have a growing epidemic in this country of bad dads. And they exist. And it's sad for kids. Like, you, you talked about how when you were growing up, you struggled with that. As you said, I, I am blessed. And there's no doubt about it. I have been blessed beyond measure. I know the verse that a lot of people go to, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is a verse that often gets thrown out at Mother's Day and Father's Day, and the rearing of children in a way that is consistent with Scripture is a blessing that doesn't end when you turn 18. It doesn't end, even in my case, now that my father is gone, it hasn't ended. Those blessings continue to bless me as I go through life. I am still learning from the lessons he taught me, and I am still hopefully improving because of them. Even though I'm getting older, the blessing of a good father is not to be taken lightly, not to be done away with, and it it continues. And that's true of mothers, too. I, I had a great mother. still... Dude, she was a great influence on my life and still is, and I'm still reaping the blessings of that as well. And, and too, our moms are a key instrument in the rearing of the children. Uh, but there again, Scripture puts a heavy burden upon the father to be there for their children, you know, and statistics state that uh, a, a husband and wife, if they attend church on a regular basis, like that scripture you said, they train them up in the way of the Lord and then they will mm-hmm. return. You know, statistics even back that up, that the more the mom and dad goes to church together as a family, it is more likely, 37% more likely that those children will end up coming back to church and stay in church and continue to grow. Uh, so, you know, not not only scripturally, but statistically, you know, the world says the same thing. Why aren't more fathers going, wow, I can make a difference in my child's life. How do we get them to see that? I don't know. That's a good question. I can't help but think of Proverbs seventeen six, where it says, children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. The father can be a reflection of God. I think the best blessing you have when you have a good father is when people say, God is your heavenly father, you actually have a picture of something to look at. I worked in Awana. We had kids come in and we would say something like your heavenly father. To them, some of those kids, the taste they had in their mouth when they heard that was not a, it was not a pleasant one. They're thinking, well, if God is like my dad, that's a terrible situation. (laughs) 
And so reflecting God in a positive way is something that is not always done. And it sometimes makes it harder when talking about God. And in the case of those with good fathers, it makes it easier. (laughs) They have a picture of what God is like. Inadequate though it may be. Well, first of all, we need to let people understand just because you have a bad father doesn't mean that you turn out to be bad, and that's expected of you. There is a way of changing that, and through godly mothers, through godly men in the church, will take on some responsibility. You could find that that picture of God very easily. It doesn't mean that men hold the uh, the thing there. It's just that God has placed a, uh, the mantle upon the man of the, the family, and he is to be the spiritual leader and spiritual leader of the household. And it's important that they follow it. And not only uh, giving blessings, but hey, you know, we're going to talk about something a little different here just for a moment. It says in Ephesians 6, 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Right. Don't provoke your children. Don't aggravate your kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and how's the best way to, to aggravate your children? I believe that the, the provoke I don't know. your children... We can come up with a lot of ways to provoke well, our kids. Well, the one way that I believe that is the worst way of provoking your children is ignoring your children. Okay. Your children desire the attention of their father. Just they, they hunger for a father-like figure. Yeah, I had a friend. I, I keep talking about these friends. and We don't know them. Though. Yeah, I know. You, you think they're made up, and that's unfortunate. But wrote on Facebook the other day about how when kids walk out of the room, they expect you to have missed them. They're like, well, didn't you miss me? I was gone for 10 seconds. And the mother would normally be like, well, <laughs> no, I appreciated the 10 seconds of sanity. But one of the things that this person pointed out on Facebook was it's not an expectation. It's a hope. And this is how we are with God is we we are hoping that he doesn't. We've been talking about this. If you need something to listen to, we're, we're going through a class in Sunday school. One of the things we talk about is, yes, it, God is always ready and his view of us is not inhibited we may be not very good at carrying out our role we talked about the 10 commandments a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and one of the things we said is it starts with god saying this is who i am i am the lord who brought you out of egypt this is what i do and while we will fail in these other things he has never failed us in his if my children grow up and they can say my dad may have been bad at this bad at this but he never failed me. That would be great. Now, I'm sure they won't say that, but that, that, is, that would be the goal. Not that he was the most fun dad out there. Not that he was the best eater, although that may be true. Not that he did this or did that, but that he never failed them. And you said the worst thing that we can do is ignore our children. That's the easiest way we fail them is just to not pay attention to them. When we sing about God's fatherly traits, to me, the one that comes back is not him not failing us. That is what we want. Right. And you made that comment about the kids stepping out of the room and mom listening for 30 seconds. At least mom thought it was wonderful for that 30 seconds. Dad just says, who cares? (laughs) So 
you know, what I'm saying is paying attention to our children is more than just uh, acknowledging they made good grades or, hey, th- grabbing them and hugging them and, and, and giving them a hug and saying, you know, you're, you're doing wonderful today. Thank you for whatever, you know, just give them that appreciation on a daily basis. To describe the perfect father, do we encourage our children? Do we protect our children? Do we show affection to our children? And most of do we exhort our children? And, you know, that word exhort is not a word that we it's use. It's a big on. word, man. Is, I, yeah, we're, 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 you're dropping the I, big I, ones. I'm just going <laughs> to exhort our children. And exhort our children. I mean, the word exhort, we don't use a lot. In, in no. our regular vocabulary every day. But when we learn to exhort our children, that means to come alongside. It doesn't mean anything. Just come alongside your children. I, I know sometimes we're in business and, and we have our, our outside activities, our physical world, and, and we start saying, oh, well, we're a good provider. Well, just because you're a good provider don't mean anything. You know, it's what you do on a daily basis with them? Do you come alongside them? Do you feel their pain? Do you feel what they're going through? You know, we live in a society today where children are put down so bad. They're rebelling against everything. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just get the attention of our children just for a moment? You notice what's got their attention today? Oh, so, cell phones. For those of you who didn't see, he, he picked up a cell phone. Okay. That's what's got their attention. Not the activities of going out and enjoying something with dad right. or mom. I, I quoted Thomas Paine earlier. Now I'm going to Winston Churchill. I, I just feed people from the somewhat recent past. And Winston Churchill said, the world is run by tired men. I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase. If you ever need something done, find a busy person to do it because they'll find a way to get it done. The person who has always got free time, that's because they've pawned off all the responsibilities. We are in a society that is ever more craving for our time. We have jobs that want us more and more committed. You pointed to the cell phone and how it occupies children. I'm not immune to this. The cell phone can occupy me. Absolutely. And what happens is people will go to work and they will have jobs. They will say, I need to break away to take care of this so I can do this job. And as you said, they under the guise of providing for your family. And I understand that there are emergencies that come up. I had one just this week where someone is like, I really need help. And because of the profession that I have, sometimes when people need help in a legal capacity, They need it quickly, and it is time-sensitive. But oftentimes, those things that we say, oh, I've got to take care of, those will wait till tomorrow. Those will wait till the next day. And we can take that time now and spend it with our children and be fathers and hopefully reflect to them a decent, adequate picture of what our Heavenly Father does for us because He provides for us and He is there for us and is always there for us. And and these are the things that we try to strive for. It is important, things that we want in life is important. And our children want things, but we need to put, you know, as parents, as dads, Mm -hmm. and I'm a dad, 
uh, you know, and I, I, I want my children to have everything that I didn't have. Right. But I need to really understand what I didn't have. I didn't have the father that I needed. If I'd had that, I don't believe anything else would have been as, as important. So it's important for us to, to look at as dads to study who we are. Uh, first of all, get our walk right with Christ. I know in first and first Thessalonians chapter two, it talks about walk worthy of God. Yeah, the walk worthy of walk God. Worthy right. of, of God. It's so important for our walk in life to be worthy of the Father, Heavenly Father. And if it's not, you can't hide it from our children. I don't <laughs> care how you try. You can't hide things from our kids. Our kids know everything. So if you're sitting here and saying, well, I'm a good dad, they're sitting back going, yeah, sure you are. Right. You know, we need to be honest with ourselves first. And are you a good dad? Uh, I know I've failed miserably. <laughs> I have. I've failed miserably. But I always want to be a better father than the, than the one that I had. And if I can accomplish that, then I think I've, I've exceeded <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. When stating that you're a good father, the, the people that can most adequately really tell are, are not you. They're the other people that see the way you're a father. I'm reminded of this passage, Matthew 7, in the Sermon on the Mount. Right after he says, Ask and shall be given you, seeking you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened, the famous children's musical piece that we <laughs> maybe could have addressed. But it says, Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will give him a serpent? And then this is, to me, the, the crux of it all. Verse 11, Matthew 7. If ye then, being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? And I just, that phrase, if ye then being evil know how to give good things to your children, that always is on my mind. I don't know why. But when I am doing things for my kids, I just think, I try to give my kids good things. And like you said, my kids may be sitting back there saying, oh, no, 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 you know, you're doing terribly. But... One of the things that I can take solace in is as poor as I may be, if I can point them to that father who is not evil and will not ever give them a stone when they ask for bread or a serpent when they ask for fish, if I can point them to him, if I can point them to him, that is the best thing I can do. And we've, we've mentioned that there might be some bad fathers out there. One thing I would tell you, if, you're, if you are looking at this saying, think I'm a bad father. Well, I just pointed out to you that my dad is gone and I am still learning lessons from him. That it is never too late to say from henceforth, I will, mm -hmm. I will be better. I will become a good father with the Lord's help. I can more adequately reflect him and more adequately show my children what a good father is. Well, you know, you mentioned your father's gone and you're still learning things. Well, you know, when Scripture over in Hebrews, it talks about 
the story of Cain and Abel, and it says that Abel is still speaking from the grave. And that's what it's referring to. Still speaking, right. He is still speaking to us. So dads, listen, no matter where you're at and what position you're in, whatever you're Or how old your kids are. Yeah. Your, yes. your legacy will be left forever, and and your children will always be referring back to you, just like I do. I, I refer back to my bad dad a lot because <laughs> that's what I know. I didn't have a good dad. Right. Uh, you know, he wasn't never there for us. But you know what? Not only did I have a good uncle, I had brothers that took over and helped raise the young, the younger ones like myself, and also I had people within our community. They took on, uh, you know, and I could just, I could go on in stories talking about men that came into our lives that helped my mother so much. Uh, men like Ellaby Jefferson. He was the grocery store owner there in our little town. <laughs> okay. He, he, he ran the store, and my mother couldn't afford to buy groceries, and he just kept letting her buy it on credit. So she could, and then at one time, he actually forgave all of it. Just said, don't worry about it, Rita. It's, it's done. Ripped it up, threw it away. You know, don't worry about it. You know, those are the kinds of examples of good men. Now, we're talking about Father's Day, and, but, but encompassing good men. What makes a godly father or a, a godly dad? Uh, I, don't, I, hate, I, kinda, I kinda struggle using that word father a lot of times because <laughs> I don't want to compare a father on earth with a father in heaven. So I kinda throw in dad every now and then to kinda keep the mixture going right. there. Yeah, you're yeah. you're thinking of what Matthew what is it, Matthew twenty three nine? Twenty three nine. Where he says and call no man your father upon earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and I don't want to get—I don't want all them theologians we have out there. In right. The, hey, you better, you know. Yeah, if both of our listeners start harassing us, it'd be a bad day. So, <laughs> there was a show that I became a fan of. It was about mothers, and specifically mothers who had grown up with, as their children had grown up, had been drunks. And it was about them turning around their lives. And this is, it's, it's never too late. You, you can live from today forward to be a good parent, to be a, someone who serves the Lord. And sometimes, unfortunately, because of the faults in your past, the children you have don't respect you, don't look up to you, don't honor you in the way that they are called to do. As you said, you you had a you had a, someone who owns a grocery store who fed your life. There are people that you can continue to minister to even if you are unfortunately not blessed with children or you have children who who may not need you. The call to serve others and to be an honorable person and to walk worthy of that calling, that does not go away if you don't have kids. It does not go away if your kids are older. It does not go away if your kids have gone off the deep end. You can still minister. Who is the next Pastor Travis out there that needs men to speak into his life so that he can live a life that is honorable in and of itself now? Right. 
Well, you know, like I said, my uncle JD, he spoke into my life in many areas. And, you know, I just I just think the world of him. He's going to be with the Lord now, but uh he he meant a lot to me and, and given me uh choices that I've made throughout life. So he filled it in and uh you know, so he's there, but uh, I'm going to go to our our great favorite Baptist verse here for a moment. Okay. So, and everybody knows it by heart, but John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Dads, everlasting life. What an opportunity. Now, like we said earlier, your children are following you. Dads, children mimic and imitate everything their fathers do. Uh, And so if you're living a a life for everlasting life, like the promise that God gives us, guess what you're giving your children? You're giving them the opportunity to have everlasting life because if they're going to follow you, they're going to follow him if you are following him. Right. Now, the verse you quoted earlier 1 Thessalonians 2.12, where it says that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. One of the great things about that verse is the verse immediately preceding it says, as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Right. Paul, in writing, and Thessalonians were written by Paul and Silvanus, and if you prefer Paul and Silas and Timothy. (laughs) Uh, But so they are saying, we attempted to be in your lives like fathers. To continue down this same thing we're talking about, it is a great day when we can celebrate those who have spoken into our lives. And sometimes that speaking into our lives began at birth. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it began at the age of 10 or 12 or 5 or sometimes 25, but you're never too old to not need or benefit from the influence of good fatherly wisdom. I know. I back that up 100%. That is good to know. You're never too old to learn. Uh, you know, this old dog can learn new tricks all the time. And so I do. I learn a lot of new tricks. And just for everyone's knowledge, today my sermon is on First Thessalonians chapter 2, the verse that Mr. Matt was just talking about. Well, that'll teach you. Yeah. So <laughs> we know that there are a lot of bad situations. I personally feel for those who, who don't have a good father those single mothers out there trying to raise children in the way they should go without the help of a father. I feel for those people just like I said, it's, it's never too late to be a good influence and hopefully their fathers come back and speak into their lives. If not go to a church, find mentors there, find men who will speak into your lives and can be godly influences so that you can break this cycle of being a poor parent, of being a poor example, of being inadequate, to show even the basic fatherliness of our Lord. Well, 
I know we we're getting ready to probably close off our thing here, so I just want I didn't want to leave everybody on a bad note about my father. My father left us when we were very young and uh, didn't come back for many, many, many years. But I did get the opportunity to to speak with my father and let him know that I forgave him for what he did and uh, his comments. And I told him, I said, you know, that God's given me the power to be able to do this. Even though you weren't there for us, God has given me uh, a good life. And, and I, I think what all I've, I've gotten for it. And I says, and God wants to forgive you. I forgive you and God wants to forgive you. But he could never figure out. He Like his, he said to me, he says, I, I'm too far gone, son. He says, God will never forgive me. I was too bad. But you know what? I told him, I said, you're never too bad. God will forgive you. And then before he passed away, he did ask for forgiveness. Though, to those who would say they're too far gone, I would submit to you Acts 9.1, which says, and Saul then bringing out threatenings and slaughter. Yes. Like this is, and this guy, you say, well, okay, so that's what Saul was doing. You know what he ended up doing? Most of the New Testament. <laughs> By words, he wrote slightly less than Luke, unless you want to give him credit for Hebrews as well. But but he wrote the most books in the New Testament. Well, most... by the way, I give him Hebrews. You give him Hebrews? Okay, all right. There you go. So he passes Luke by a little bit then. But this guy who was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against Christians, that guy ended up being the person who many of the verses we've quoted today came from his pen. And I know he used a, uh, someone to write it, but that's, you know, we don't need to get into that. But I, to me, this is a good way to leave off. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Oh, this is Proverbs 14, 26. And his children shall have a place of refuge. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a good earthly father, I can tell you, you can have a perfect heavenly father. And in him, you can have refuge. Amen. And that is the best word I can leave you on. Do you have any words for your minions, Pastor? I do. I do. I do. I was able to go home this weekend, uh, this past week, and uh, visit my family. Found out that my niece listens to our podcast religiously. And I asked her, I says, well, do you share it with all your friends? And she goes, no. So my words to the minions out there, if you're listening to this podcast, tell your friends about it. They will enjoy it just as much as many, many other people are. Okay. Well, there you go. This has been... The NPC. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nameless Podcast of Castleberry, the show that exists to transform Castleberry by displaying the love of Christ, where we talk about the gospel in everyday language for everyday life. Follow us online at npc.expert and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.